It's really good. Thank you, Father, for your thick sauce. Uh, do you guys know that the sauce is boss? You guys know about the blood of the new covenant? You're not drinking human blood, you're drinking the blood of the Father. The blood of the Father is the glory of God that changes you from a human into a living creature. And you're getting your mind renewed and uh, it's not just like an anesthetic for surgery like some people like to say it's actually the new covenant in my blood drink it you're drinking the very DNA of God the Father you're drinking the Holy Spirit it metamorphosizes you it changes you it transfigures you it heals every sickness and disease it removes the curse of the law it bursts all of the control of the animal nature that needs to do it in the natural realm. And we enter the new covenant where the angels do it in the spirit realm and it has superiority over the natural realm. I tell you the truth, you cannot enter Zion except by drinking the cup of the new covenant in his blood. Song of Solomon 2.4 he brought me into a house of wine. What's the house of wine? Heavenly Jerusalem. He brought me into the kingdom. He brought me into Zion. And the wine is the atmosphere of love. God is love. Well, what happens when you drink love? You sung a Solomon 5.1, you're drunk on God. You're drunk on love. You're drunk on the blood of God, you're drunk on the new covenant of God, and all of the religious thieves, all the demon spirits of Satan come off of you and you're free from the curse of the law. You'll find that Satan hates nothing more than the new wine, which is the very blood of Jesus that destroys the old wineskin or the imprisonment of all the human spirits of the nations. Because the human spirit is inside a jar of clay. And uh, the blood of the covenant bursts the jar of clay. That's why it says in Revelation, dash the nations to pieces or dash their flesh or the container to pieces like pottery so that the spirit can come out. Everyone's got their identity of what their natural man can do. That's Satan. That is Satan. Your spirit man is the real you inside that body and the new wine smashes open the carnal control spirit and that python in your forehead that always needs to understand everything before doing it and that logic and human reasoning and the human philosophy of Satan and his angels that's in all the fallen, that's in all the fallen nations pinning them into the dust of the earth. All of that gets burst off of you. You need to blast your mind with new wine and then enter the kingdom in the mind of Christ or in the spirit. Okay, it's called the spiritual mind or the mind of Christ. The mind controlled by the spirit is peace with God. And as you're losing your carnal mind and gaining your rich treasury of glory mind, the mind of Christ that comes up from your spirit like a river, the mind of the river of life, the mind that lives out of God's infinite treasure house in your stomach and God's infinite wine cellar in your belly. 
that mind that has the more than enough of the third heaven and the kingdom realm begins to take over your life. And the carnal mind is clinging for control. Don't let me go. God doesn't know what he's doing taking care of you. Did God really say? And the demons are always working through the darkness of religion to try to get you to push down the spirit that God put in you and cling and retain to the natural realm, which is stay cursed or or stay a slave of the flesh in your human ability. But we've learned that lesson too many times that the human ability is garbage and we count it all as dung for the sake of knowing Christ in us so that we don't even want an old wineskin. I don't want a human nature. I sacrifice it daily, whatever the cost. However dumb we have to look in front of others, who cares? we got to be in the kingdom. i got to be with my Father. Jesus looked like a fool all the time doing stuff. He's spitting on people in the Bible and rubbing it in their eyes, healing on the Sabbath. The stuff the Father had Jesus, His perfect Son, doing broke every religious box, was just blasting the carnal mind. He was blasting that cobra python spirit right through their forehead. He was attacking the systems of the flesh. He attacked the political system. He attacked the religious system. He, He attacked the economic system of his day. Every system was a prison system of the human spirit. And Jesus Christ is the savior of the human spirit. So he attacks all the cages, all the prisons, all the boxes, all the containers, all the dividing walls, and he annihilates it. And it's not a one-time thing. It's a river of punishment towards all the divisions and factions and boxes and imprisonments and jail cells that the human spirit gets itself in by submitting or listening to demons. The worst is human reasoning. you got to understand how the demons will come around and be like, oh, God's not going to take care of you. You take care of you. God's not going to pay your electric bill. God, God doesn't care about you. You need to be a better slave. And here's all the lists of ways you can get rich and be blessed by Satan in Babylon. But I tell you the truth, the spirit people, the Bible says, will feast on the flesh of kings and feast on the flesh of generals. The spirit people will feast on the flesh of riders and their horses. you got to understand that the development of your spirit life, though it comes with tremendous suffering by those that reject it because they're always attacking you because you're in obedience and they're in disobedience and you expose them to be the children of Satan and you don't want them to be the children of Satan. They're just making terrible decisions, cowardly decisions to stay limited to their natural ability while you sacrifice everything to serve the Holy Spirit every day. That's what persecution is. That you're choosing the tree of life and they're stuck in the tree of knowledge, which is the flesh, and they're not willing to give up control. They're not brave enough or courageous enough to take a chance into the unknown world of the kingdom of the spirit in your stomach. (laughs) How can we trust the spirit of grace? I'm much safer with just my carnal religion and church. This doctrine has been established for hundreds of years is sound doctrine by the Southern Baptist Cemetery of Texas. Straight up. 
Dallas Theological Cemetery of you'll go straight to hell if you believe that garbage. Oh, Lord Jesus. And the funniest thing is it's all true. It's just not alive. And that's what almost most of the, almost all these people still don't understand yet, is that Satan will tell you the truth from the Bible all day long. And people are like, oh, yeah, sound doctrine. Listen to the apostle. He's got the whole Bible memorized. And then it's like, Oh, it's a dry place. I'm in Egypt. It's a pyramid. There's no living waters. Where's the glory? Where's the resurrection life? Where's the power? Where's the power? Where's the wine? Where's the house of wine? Where's heavenly Jerusalem? Where's the wisdom of the ages? You know? And it's not about signs, miracles, and wonders, but they always will follow those who believe. Automatically consider it like sweat as you run the race to win the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus, casting off everyone's opinions of you. You cannot be a dread champion and care what anyone thinks about you. You can't even let your, your spouse's opinions matter. Although you love them, you can't have idols. It's the worst idol. People-pleasing, caring what others think. You need to get undone from that. You need to care what the Spirit of Grace thinks. You need to care what the wild man Jesus Christ of Nazareth thinks. Because he obviously don't care what the political system, the economic system, or the religious system thinks. I mean, that, that's all he did in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is cause trouble. If you're not causing trouble in the economic system, the politic, political system, religious system... What evidence are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? That's all he did in the red letters. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Everything he did violently opposed everything that was human in his day. In fact, he separated the human and the, div and the divine as God and Satan. That if anyone was still a mere man, they were a devil. Did John's baptism come from God or man? And they grumbled under their breath, if we say from man, they feared the people were going to stone them to death because they all considered John a prophet. Oh, Lord Jesus, we need to be heavenly. Another name for heavenly is holy. Holiness is being set apart from the human. John's baptism, was it from heaven or from man? Set apart from man into heaven. Every time you hear holy or holiness, think heaven and heavenly. Now how heavenly do you need to get to be earthly good? Or how holy, how sexually pure, how virgin, perfect virgins with white garments? I mean, what happens when we drink the blood of the Lamb every day and have our divine nature take over everything in our hearts and minds. Take over our whole soul. Take over our reasoning. Be transfigured by the renewing of your mind, by the washing of the water of the Word, or by the glory of God. The water of the Word is the glory. The wine of the Word is the glory. And is it a fading glory? Is it a religious glory? Is it a glory of the flesh by doing good works that are so biblical, bro? <laughs> no, it's an ever-increasing glory. Which means, the day you first taste the wine, 
is the weakest drink you'll ever have for eternity. How about that promise? The day you first get drunk on the Holy Ghost will be the weakest day of your eternal future. (laughs) I've been drunk about 10 years, and it's been an ever-increasing glory, and it's been absolutely wild, and it's so fun. But this wine this season is far supreme. I mean, so far supreme than what I was drinking 10 years ago when the Drunken Glory movement burst out of really the the glory stream of the Lakeland Revival. That's really how it happened. The Drunken Glory movement emerged from Lakeland's failure. That's when all of the heavy, heavy drinkers got together through the internet and through different cities in America and somewhat in England and Wales and started just we need to go after this, you guys. This thing is under attack. This is the solution for the world's problems, and that's why these ministers that are pioneering revivals are getting tempted so much and getting attacked so much. We need to all come together like Gideon's 300 and focus on drinking. This is not a sideshow of the gospel. It's literally half of the table of the Lord, bread and wine. It's half of the new covenant. His flesh and blood. His blood is equally as important important to his flesh. (laughs) I mean, what are you going to do without his blood? Without his blood, there's no kingdom. Without his blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. You know, you can drink his blood until you're drunk on forgiveness? That there's such a realm of love, of agape, of the Father's nature coming out of your pores, that when you rub up on people that come within a 5 foot, 20 foot, 10 mile radius of you, you're actually imparting the forgiveness of sins right into their consciousness. They're like, oh man, I don't feel yucky. I don't feel yucky anymore. I feel good. You know how blessed I get going around watching the citizens of the kingdom of Minneapolis, of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, laughing, rejoicing, and their personalities glowing and glorifying. You understand, I've been ministering this wine for 10 years to thousands and thousands and thousands of people in Minneapolis. We do a broadcast every day, but I also know thousands of people. I know people in almost every city in the planet. We've networked. We've had over a thousand people come through this crack house. Over 44 people live with us the last 10 years in community. And it's just, it's a wine cellar expansion. And people don't get it because the carnal mind can't understand a single thing from God, but the Spirit gets it. And they can mock it in their human reasoning. They can think it's funny. They can say whatever they want. But it's the third heaven. It's the house of wine. It's the reality of heavenly Jerusalem that's so weird to the cities of the earth, to the fallen cities, that there is a grace period of transition into what seems so bizarre to those stuck in the animal curse under the law, just in mere human condition. When the divine comes through man, you can bet your two cents that it's going to look crazy because we've been human or fallen for thousands of years. And the Father is in a fury of love 
to get us restored to his divinity and right standing with him with spiritual abilities and just looking exactly like him and all of our glorified personality with his name written on our forehead and our hearts blazing in unconditional love through all the nations to get him restored, that it's going to look like a childbirth. Is the red dragon going to be there to swallow this child? No. No, this drinking gets rid of the red dragon that brings in the great harvest. You get rid of the red dragon, you get rid of the religious devil called the red dragon, there is nothing that stops you from global glory harvest. New wine revival that never ends, heaven on earth. And it's just going to be a fountain of living waters coming out of everyone's belly who believes. And the only thing that's really been slowing it down so much is all these lying things coming into our mind that try to divide us and attack things that are different about each other. Racism. Oh, a different skin color. It's flesh. Flesh counts for nothing. You know, culture. Culture is one of the biggest dividing things. Like the Tower of Babel, different languages scattered and all these different things of divisions and the separations and the dividing walls. The new wine is perfect love that destroys them. It's the answer for the fall. And you don't even have to be a smart Bible wizard from Dallas Theological Cemetery to get this thing. A day one baby Christian drinking the new wine, drinking the cup of the new covenant, go wild on it. The Father is not going to calm you down. He'll, he'll teach you wisdom, but He's not going to quench your zeal. He enjoys it. When people are completely crazy around me, and yeah, sometimes they're demonized, and they're, they're, it's weird, and it's not the weirdness of God, but the Father's just like, cool, you're so much better off being a little off in the wine, like so many are, than being off in the world and sin and darkness. He's a good father. He's so patient. I've watched him through the last 10 years of total chaos, and his patience blows my mind more than anything. That he's not a disciplinarian so much as like spanking his kids when they're bad, as he's like, hey, have another drink. <laughs> he got off on some demon drinks for a minute there. Why don't you come back to the good house and have a party with the father and feast on the fattened calf? All you can drink wine all day, every day. And eat the word too. We got the flesh of Jesus, which is the word. And we got the wine of Jesus, which is the blood, his spirit, the spirit of Jesus Christ. The spirit of Jesus Christ is so real. It's not just the book. The mystics and the drunken glory prophets and the drunken glory apostles and the Gideon's 300 government of God are revealing the goodness of the house of wine. Revealing the cup of the house of wine. The cup of the new covenant. Revealing it for everyone that it's a free chalice. It's a free cup that everyone can drink. Every day. It's the most important thing of the day. Getting drunk in the Holy Spirit. Getting intoxicated on love. Walking around in first love bliss. Seriously. Like, you're so pure in your heart and mind. And that temptation to judge people is just gone when you're intoxicated because you're in love with the nations. You get to a place where you can't see anything wrong with people even though you can see everything wrong with people. 
but you're so overwhelmed with the blood sacrifice and the blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel that cries for vengeance and murder and death. You're in the blood of the Lamb. It speaks forgiveness. It speaks love. It speaks intoxication. That's the forgiveness of sin. When you have a drink of that and you're washed in the blood of the Lamb, and all of that frustration, all that anxiety, that stress of religion, that stress of never measuring up, never being good enough, trying so hard, the curse of the fall of working by the sweat of the brow is gone. And you're loved perfectly and you experience that love when you drink the new wine. And you can drink as much as you want every day. I mean, how much love do you want? How about as much love that breaks the old wineskin of the entire earth? You know that's what God's going to do? The new wine you drink, you get set free. Awesome. Lead other people to drink. They get drunk. They get set free. They stay in the new wine. Some people go astray, get into some demon wine for a minute. You bring them on back. You're like, get back on the table of the Lord. Come out from the table of demons. I know you had a season of rebellion. You know, I don't, I'm not even going to talk about what you did last summer. I saw it. It was ugly. But now let's get back into the good stuff. Holy Spirit. That's what Fa Father God's actually like. He's not going to be an accuser of the brethren like the religious father. He's a party-throwing God. That's something the older prodigal son could not wrap his carnal mind around. And church has tried to do that with a light show and having, you know, little techno music or electric guitar in their churches and be trendy and stuff. But it's, it's not the real party. It's not heavenly Jerusalem. It doesn't represent it fully. And honestly, we don't represent it fully yet. We haven't fully arrived in Zion yet. Look at our nation. I mean, we have so many human problems we got a lot of drinking to do. But it's by drinking the cup of the new covenant that we break the old wineskin of the old earth, which breaks the curse of the law, which removes Hades out of the underworld into the lake of fire. Having Hades as a part of our kingdom of the earth is an old wineskin. The religious taskmaster is Hades. The one that beats you up in your head, that makes you do right and wrong, good and evil, knowledge of good and evil, the serpent in the garden telling you what to do, what not to do, blah, 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 that control spirit, that's Hades. The new wine casts Hades out of the earth into the lake of fire so that the nations are not tormented anymore by religion or by the law, <laughs> by fallen angels or demons, by anything that hurts people. You're coming into a time of tremendous revival. This really is the restoration of all things. And Adam and Eve walked in it and they lost it. We restore it. Jesus gave us the keys of the kingdom to open the wine cellar that nobody can shut, which is your spiritual stomach. And your mind fully realizing that He has given you His wine and His oil, His love, and His favor without measure. That truly the temple is my body, the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the favor and the love of God. The Holy Spirit is equal to the Son, equal to the Father. And to Him who is sent, God has given His Spirit, or His wine and oil, without measure. What are you going to do with it? Every Christian gets the wine and oil without measure. When you're born of the Spirit, born of God, God will empower your heart
to do whatever He created you to do. And the biggest distraction is settling for something in the flesh, like Esau, an inheritance in the flesh by your human ability. You were created for divine ability. You are a divine creature, and you already are. Your mind's just waking up to that reality by increasing the oil and the wine through your spirit. That's why the Apostle Paul repeatedly says over and over, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit so that your carnal mind can be transfigured into agreement with the wine and oil, with the man Christ Jesus inside your stomach. Your stomach is a portal right into the throne room of God. And you're waking up to what you are and who you are. Most Christians, their identity is so much in the flesh, they're completely sleeping. They have no idea of what they were created for. You guys have to reveal it to them. You guys model it. You demonstrate it. You be such a wine cellar in a treasure house of love and favor that these people begin to awake. <laughs> you can feed everyone's stomach, which is the treasure house of either Jerusalem or heavenly Jerusalem. In Revelation, it says that Jerusalem is the container of Sodom and Egypt, which is the white and black magic of Johnny's and Jambres. Jerusalem below is the container of the entirety of the curse of the fall. Every human stomach has Jerusalem in it because they were crucified with Christ. In Him, everyone died. It is written. Now, the resurrection is heavenly Jerusalem, us awakening to that reality and casting natural Jerusalem out of our stomachs and the realization that our bodies are the temples of the living waters. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can you see it? The ministers of the living waters that learn to love perfectly. And it goes right through everyone's bellies. Everyone's God is in their belly. Some people have money in their belly. Some people have lust in their belly. Some people have idols in their belly. Sometimes it's family in their belly. But what you need to have in your belly is heavenly Jerusalem, Mount Zion, the city of innumerable angels rising in your heart as chief of all the mountains of flesh, all the mountains of idolatry, all the mountains of human ability, all the mountains of the nations. And when you rise in spiritual stature in the new covenant of what you are, a temple of the Holy Spirit, millions will follow you. Millions. It's not even a question because humanity is all interconnected. I mean, the furthest DNA connection between a Chinese person and an African is 47th cousins. Now one's yellow and the other's black and they look a little different, but DNA, they're only 47 cousins apart because all the nations have only spread out over 6,000 years. I mean, that is the most distant DNA relation that it gets. Most of you are like 20th cousins, 30th cousins, 14th cousins. I mean, it's not incesticide, 
because that's like two or three cousins away, but after that, they don't even keep track because the truth is, is everyone is closely DNA related. <laughs> you really are brothers and sisters, red, yellow, black, and white. And Satan and his angels have separated you, make you think you're real different, give you some different cultures, and it's all a lie. You are all the sons of God. Now act like it, believe it, and you'll walk in it. <laughs> It's not universalism, it's wake up to what Jesus Christ purchased for you on the cross. Wake up to your divine ability. Wake up to heavenly Jerusalem and have natural Jerusalem thrown out of your stomach into the lake of fire. Which is, stop being limited to the flesh. Stop being stuck in the natural dimension. Live in the glory. Live in the cloud of grace. When you're in the grace cloud, Every breath intoxicates. Another name for grace in the Bible is glory. You could say that the grace of the Lord Jesus is the new wine. I mean, there's a lot of names for all the same stuff in the New Testament. The law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. What's his flesh and blood? Grace and truth. <laughs> the table of the Lord. Bread and wine. It is so simple, but the carnal human mind can't wrap its mind around it. It can't understand it. So you have to continuously teach on it in different ways until the natural reasoning is so blasted that there's a spiritual awakening. <laughs> and that's what the ministers of the wine do. They break the old wineskin so you come out of the human into the divine. That's what the spirit of Elijah is. It, it doesn't have the ability to be predicted by the natural dimension, outrunning chariots. We don't know what he's going to do next because it has to be beyond the human ability. The new wine is always beyond the human. It's always going to be something outside of the box because that's what God is. God's not contained in any earthen vessel. He's not contained in any man's construction or any box. He's a wild, free spirit, and he won't be controlled by anyone's flesh. Those who think they're controlling the Holy Spirit are actually being controlled by Satan and his angels in Wormwood. That's why they're angry at the true ministers of the drink. There's 200 million demons here that have some different wine. You can be drunk on the table of demons. And you don't even have to drink alcohol to do it. <laughs> you can be drunk on the blood of the saints, Revelation says. You can be drunk on persecuting those that are drunk on love. We've seen that many times. But love will win. That is the end of the book. The divine love and the new wine is victorious through all the lies in the nations. Every division, every separation... Every accusation is annihilated, dissolved, vaporized by the new wine. God is love, and you can guarantee that God is victorious through our hearts and minds. So drink the new wine, be blessed all the time, may your faces shine, and just understand there's no cap to it. Once your wineskin's bursted, you might have an easy day, and then the next day you got a whole bunch of religious spirits trying to take you out of the wine. Keep drinking. You'll break into it and become a disciple of the kingdom or a disciple 
of the bread and wine. A priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And you have millions of enemies. And these enemies breathe through unrenewed minds, so all kinds of lying stuff going to come through your friends and family. But it's worth fighting for. You're advancing the kingdom the more you drink, the more you break out all that human reasoning, all that logic, all that religious filth that's anti-Christ spirits working against the wine. You can win by divine love. Don't grow weary in your well-doing. Keep drinking until you have a harvest because anyone who is persistent in righteousness is guaranteed a great harvest. Don't give up. We love you guys. Be blessed. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.